Mitchell there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified, you as our listeners would be edified. For more information about us, I encourage you please to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase, and there you can find a lot more information about us. There's also a way of contacting us if you have a Bible question. If you would like to be able to support us through prayer, we certainly wish that you would do that. Keep us in your daily prayers. Also, there is a prayer request page on the webpage there. You can click on it. There's many people who have asked for prayers. There's not a change there daily. I understand that. Some people say, well, I never go back because it never changes. Well, it does, just not on a daily basis. And so if you're really serious about prayer, and you are a prayer warrior, please pray for these folks. And if you have a prayer request, please submit it. There is a contact page uh, there as well. And we would love to hear from you in any questions that you might have, as well as prayer requests. And there's also a way of financially supporting this podcast here. I know everybody is starting to really feel the pinch with inflation and everything. But we could really use the help if you wouldn't put that in your mind in prayers as well. Uh, today we're going to talk about what should Christians wear to worship? What should Christians wear to worship? And if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it and follow along. I know that many people uh, listen to this at the gym uh, while they're exercising through their earbuds and things, and I understand that. But uh, please, if you're able to uh, follow along with a Bible, I would greatly encourage you to do that with anybody who you listen to or uh, at your church service. I would just really want to make sure that that person who was teaching the class or preaching really was using the Bible and not some something off the wall. And if they tell you you can't find it in the Bible, I walk away. I would not even have anything to do with that. And so I'm going to start off here a little different. Uh, usually I start right with an introduction, but I want to read a Bible verse. And it's out of Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. And for the most part, I will be using the New American Standard Update. You can use whatever version you're more comfortable with, or preferences. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 14. The Apostle Paul writes, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes and peoples, tongues, they were all standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, and palm branches were in their hand. And they cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and they all fell on their faces before the throne, and they worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might to be our God forever and ever. Amen. Verse 13. Then the one of the elders answered, saying to me, These who are clothed in white robes, who are they and where do they come from? I said to him, My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. 
and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. This podcast is not about proper attire for church attendance. We have a worldwide audience. And what might be acceptable as proper attire in one location on the globe might be different and probably is different than other parts of the globe. God really does not care uh, as much what a person dresses and what he looks like. I think as long as it is modest and it is decent for that particular culture, uh, it, it's probably fine. Would it be okay to wear t-shirts that have pornography on it? No, that is not proper attire. Okay, so I think common sense, if there is any left in the world, probably should prevail. This podcast is about what the Christ-centered life should look like, and it's just not at church. I think and believe truly that it is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, what you wear, how you look to others. Are you really walking in the in the blood of Christ? Are you are people judging you by what you wear? I mean, here's an example, and I realize that some of our listeners may not understand this, so please forgive me. It's the best example I can think of. True story. A man came into our worship service years ago where I was at, and he was wearing lots of leather and chains. His hair was dirty. He hadn't shaved his face probably in weeks. He even had a ring in his lip. This man in his appearance was not one that you would really hope uh, that your daughter would bring home and say, Hey, Daddy. A snake wants to marry me. I could tell what lots of people were thinking as they stroll, as this man, as he walked down the aisle, and he goes all the way up toward the front, and he sits down. Many were thinking this guy was probably very rebellious. He probably was hooked on alcohol, hooked on drugs. Probably had a, a been in prison. He probably cursed a lot, talked really dirty words all the time. It's just somebody that, in appearances, looked really not somebody you want to be around. Everybody in church that Sunday morning, they knew that this guy was a visitor. Because somebody dressed like this and looking like this, you're not going to forget this guy. You're going to remember him. He's just not blending in. Little did we really know, uh, I found out later, the man talked to me. Uh, he was a Christian. Very clearly, a Christian. The thing was, he was an undercover police officer. He was doing his job to protect the society around us. And he drove a long, long ways to come to worship that Sunday morning. He wanted to go somewhere where he would not be recognized for the things that he was doing undercover 
And he was going after some really bad guys. I'm not going to go into all of that. But again, this is something that most people would say, oh, we don't need that in our church building. Well, the fact of the matter is probably you do. If somebody was really coming into the building dressed that way, how would you really act? Would you go over and shake their hand and say, hey, glad you're here? Or would you stick your nose at them? You know, I've read studies where a man went into a Grand Central Station. And the first day, he wore blue jeans and a t-shirt. And he was holding a sign saying, out of work, need money. And he collected about $20 in coins that day. The very next day, he goes back in the very same place, and he's wearing a coat and tie, and he's holding the same sign up. And he came home with over $500. Now, it might be sad, it might be wrong, but people do judge the way you dress. And God judges you how you dress spiritually. And I'm headed to Colossians chapter 3. So if you have a Bible, again, I would encourage you to open it and follow along. We're going to be there in just a moment. Colossians chapter 3. But God will judge us based on our spiritual clothes. What are we wearing? Are we wearing sexual immorality, impurity, rage, anger, jealousy, hatred, dirty language? Or are we wearing love, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience? I mean, the list could be on and on for, for both examples. But here in Colossians chapter 3, we're going to be um, pretty much in this whole chapter for the entire podcast. So open up a Bible, if you would, and follow along. I'm going to start in verse 1. And this gives us some really sound advice on spiritual dress. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died in your life, is hidden within Christ and God. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. You see, worship is a lifestyle. It is not a one-hour-a-week event. The Apostle Paul is saying, if you are a Christian, you have been raised up with Christ, in verse 1. If you are a Christian, then your lifestyle of worship is the standard. That is what you're walking by. It requires your heart as well. Your heart should be near the throne of God, where Jesus is seated. It requires your mind. You know, we we are to... To set our minds on the things above, verse 3, as we just read there, it it requires our lives. Christ is to be our life. He is to be everything to us. You know, I wonder how many people at work 
really claiming to be Christian are really Christian when I, I hear them cussing and swearing and talking about their uh, affairs outside of work. And sometimes even their worth ethic doesn't always uh, express or display Christian. And we all fall short. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just including myself. We all have we have bad moments. But how do you know if Jesus is really in your life? Where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money on? Where is your passion? Jesus said to love the Lord with everything. Do you love Jesus? Or do you love your things more? Do you love the things that Jesus hates? Or do you love the things that Jesus loves? I mean, you have to be all in honesty here. It doesn't take very long, honestly, to identify the fruit on your tree or my tree. It really doesn't. Now, we can hide our personalities and our lifestyles for certain periods of time. But at some point, the true you and the true me always, always will come out at some point. What not to wear to worship? Well, let's pick up here in verse 5. We're going to read through verse 11. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. You know, this verse alone just knocks homosexuality out of the ballpark. Cannot be in your lifestyle. Cannot be. That's, that's immorality. You can't be running around and sleeping with everybody's spouse. Can't be doing that. That's idolatry. The desires to have evil things or do evil things. All of this is idolatry, according to the apostle. He sums it all this stuff up into one thing. And we're not supposed to have any other idols, no other gods. And that's really what this is. This becomes our God if we are obeying and following these things. Verse 6, For because of these things, the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. There it is. Can't be doing those things. What kind of spiritual clothing are you wearing? Verse 7, And in them you also once walked. Okay, so you once did it. You were all guilty of this. Where you were, and you were living in them. Verse 8, But now you also put them aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. You see, we're not we're supposed to be guarding what we're saying. And Paul is not the only New Testament writer who would say that. James says it as well. Verse 9, Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and having put on the new self, which is being renewed, to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, and renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and all. 
You know, here is the Apostle Paul again. He is, he is saying that you, there as Christians, there's some things you should not have in your life. You should not be wearing them. You should not be displaying, and you should not be talking about them. You know, those of us who've been immersed, the same apostle would say in the Corinth church, when you were baptized, you were immersed. You were simulating that you were dying and died to death, to sin, and all these disobedient things. And you are practicing sexual immorality, lust, adultery, perversion, impurity, impure thoughts and actions which are sinful. I mean, lust is, is basically defined as an all-out appetite for worldly things. Evil desires, those things that you know are wrong, but you still want to do them, or you want those things in your life. And greed is simply, it is idolatry because you worship it, and you're not worshiping God. As Christians, are we doing these things? I mean, these things will bring about the wrath of God. I don't want to experience the wrath of God personally. You see, again, these things will send you straight to hell. And, uh-oh, I just broke all the political standards. But we continue to live in them. We cannot as Christians. These are the clothes that we wore before we became a Christian, before our baptism, before our confession of faith. However, whatever you became a Christian, you must get rid of those old, dirty, yucky, smelly, dead clothes. Paul continues with more clothes that you must get rid of. He he gives us these lists of things which I think are progressively will take you further and further away from God. And, and let me try to illustrate something here. Let me see if I can get this. Anger. Okay, One of the words he used here. Somebody at church makes you mad. Okay? Or at work. It doesn't matter. And you're so mad you just really can't stand to be around them. You feel sick. When they are around, you know you should make it right with them, but you're just too mad and you're not going to do that. Malice. Now, not only are you mad at them, but you really want to see something bad happen to them. Slander. Since nothing bad is happening to them, uh, you're going to help the process along a little bit by talking badly about them to other people. Filthy language and lying. You're just really simply out of control. You cannot control your tongue, which leads to other things like slander. Nasty words and deception. Paul says, these things, a Christian needs to die. Or, you know, we put those things away when we were immersed into that illustration that he would use in Corinthians to, to say, look, this symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection. You're, you're dead to sin, and you're made new alive in Christ. 
Again, take off all those yucky, dirty, stinky, nasty clothes and put the new ones on that God has given you. Verse 12. So as those who have been chosen by God, holy, beloved, put on the heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also you should forgive them. Verse 14. Beyond all of these, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. You see, when you and I become a Christian, everything changes. The old man died, and a new creature is born. Coming up out of that baptistry, having the Holy Spirit take over, this is, this is a new creature. Because none of those things were happening before. The Holy Spirit was not involved in your life, and you had dirty, yucky clothes on. Again, you took off those old clothes, and you put on new ones. The changing of clothes is a lifelong process. And it really does not happen instantaneously. You know, there has been several people I have studied with over the years. Just studied and studied and studied and prayed with them and prayed for them. Uh, they decide they want to be baptized. They, everything seems to be going well. And then something happens. Something happens at work. Something happens at church. Something happens in the family. It doesn't matter. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, they just fall back. On the old ways. And you can't change the old ways. Only the blood of Christ can cleanse you and wash that out. And you have to allow the blood of Christ to do that. Paul tells us that we are holy. If we really are a Christian, we believe we're a Christian, we're, we're following the laws of Christ, we, are, we have been set apart for God's use. Paul tells us that we are dearly loved. God's love can transform us if we will allow it to do that. I mean, here, the Apostle John, you know, Jesus calls him the sons of thunder, him and his brother. I mean, they're ready to call wrath down on people. And, and now he's known as the Apostle of love. And how did he make that change? He allowed Christ in his life. He, he allowed Christ to lead him. This idea of praying and asking Jesus into your heart. I really can't find that in the scriptures. You know, every time I see Jesus speaking, he is saying, you follow me. It is not, oh, let me follow you and you do what you want. It's not the way it works. You see, again, we are to clothe ourselves with compassion. And compassion really does require action. Compassion with action, it's just pity. I feel sorry for that old boy. Kindness, the world can mean it, but people need kindness. Humility, you know, when we realize who we are compared to Christ. I mean, really... Without, without Christ, without Jesus, we're nothing. You know, there's an old, old song that says sometimes you're the windshield and sometimes you're the bug. Well, God's always the windshield, folks. 
this idea of gentleness. We are to have a soft heart, just like Jesus did for others and for you and for me. He was willing to die for you and me. What are you willing to die for? What are you willing to give up in your life? And let those things die that God is calling sin. Patience. Uh, you know, my mother has told me, I don't know how many times over the years, you are the most patient person I know. Well, I don't know about that, but I certainly appreciate the compliment. But we should not be expecting perfection out of others. And that doesn't mean that it's okay for them to lie to you or deceive you. No, I didn't say that. But we we need to understand we're not perfect and they are not perfect. We need to bear with one another and extend the grace of God to others. God gives us his grace and we really need to give our grace too. Forgiving each other. Well, you don't know what he did to me 35, 45, 55 years ago. No, you know what? I probably really don't. But we're supposed to forgive. That doesn't do away with what's bad. I didn't say that. But if, we, if we're always looking out to, to get even, to show him, show her, uh, that's not Christ-like. And people who, who always acting out on a vengeance and always playing the victim role and always wanting something, that's not Christian either. Because we cannot expect God to forgive us of our sins if we do not forgive others. That is a basic New Testament discussion. Love. Love should cover all these clothes that we've talked about. At the end of the day, it's it's always been about the love of the heart since Genesis 1. It really has been. The name brand on the label on your clothes, does it matter? Well, let's see here. We're going to read verses 15 and 17. Colossians 3, 15 and 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God our Father. You know, I, I grew up wearing plain pocket blue jeans. They were not designer jeans in the very least. I liked to wear t-shirts and I wore Justin cowboy boots growing up. Labels mean a lot in clothing. And a lot of people want name brand everything. But you know what? Name brand in spiritual clothes means a lot as well. If Jesus Christ is not the label on your spiritual clothes, you are wearing the wrong clothing. And when Jesus is on the label, you have peace and thanksgiving, and you look beautiful to the Father in heaven. Paul finishes out this section, I think, by giving us some key changes 
of clothing. And the first one is Bible study. You know, you've heard me, if you listen to this podcast at all the last couple of years, you know I am huge on Bible studies. Personal, private Bible studies, as well as group. Let the word of Christ dwell within you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom. Again, these words, one another, tells us we must study the Bible with other Christians and not just alone. Again, private study is good. It it is. But, you know, I learn a lot as well in a group Bible study. You know, this idea of corporate worship, you know, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to each other with gratitude in your hearts, it's not how good you sing the song It is our worship to the God who created us and saved us. That's what really matters in the fact that we are commanded to be in worship. What matters is the attitude of your heart in worship. And I know I have many listeners who do not go to a quote-unquote church building or a denomination. They worship at the city park with others. Uh, They worship... I've seen it in a break room at work. Um, I mean, it goes on and on. And so, church buildings are fine, but there's nothing wrong with meeting in the home. There's nothing wrong with meeting down at the park and worshiping and singing. This service, whatever you do, whether it's in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I mean, whatever we are doing, if it's at our jobs, if we're going to school, it must be the most important thing that we need to hear in our worship is, is part of our service to God, and we can do it as a service to the Lord. You know, I had a, a, a supervisor years ago just made all kinds of good comments in a review He was not a Christian man, but as I read it, I thought, well, this is exactly how we're supposed to live. And I used that opportunity to try to get him to go to a Bible study. Of course, prayer is the final thing. I mean, do it in the name of Christ to God. Prayer is so vital. You know, I can recall years ago, I was traveling, and actually it was in Branson, Missouri. And we stopped at this church, and it was just absolutely amazing in a good way (laughs) people come over they shook your hand they welcomed you they they recognized you as a visitor right away they you know obviously wanted you know you to fill out a visitor's card and all that but one of the things that really impressed me was do you need us to pray for you before we begin worship is there something in your mind you know in your heart that we really need to help you with that's only happened one time I think it should be an every Sunday thing, event. It should really be a daily event among Christians. You know, Jesus shared this parable of the wedding banquet. And a king who prepared a banquet for his son. When it was time, he sent out his servants to to go get all those who were invited. But all those who were invited refused to come and mistreated the servants. So the king, he would send out more servants out and invite anyone 
who wanted to come, and the banquet, banquet hall was full. And when the king arrived, he found a man not dressed right for the banquet. He had his servants toss him out into the darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, God has invited us to a great banquet in heaven someday. And we are free to attend. But we must be dressed right. We must be wearing the spiritual wedding clothes that has been cleansed and washed in the blood of the Lamb. No one will be allowed to sit at that table who are not properly dressed. Are you wearing compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience? Are you dressed bearing with one another's Christians as Christians should and forgiving them as the Lord is forgiving you? Over and over are these virtues that you have are they put into love? I I certainly hope and pray that everyone listening here uh, has really tried to absorb this. Again, I, I, I'm not bashing what people wear to church and their clothing. As long as I said in the opening statement, it, it is socially acceptable in your culture. It is modest. Everything's properly covered. I, I don't see a problem. And I know in America, the old group thinks and believes everybody should wear a coat and tie and dress down to the ankles and all that. And okay, that's why they were brought up. That's what, that's exactly what I'm trying to get at. That's how they were raised and taught and believed. And that's great. But the younger generation, they come in blue jeans and a nice shirt. Okay. I'm glad they're here. I'm glad that they want to hear the Word of God. So many young people have been shunned and don't want to come to church. Now, should they be wearing uh, very short shorts and a tank top or whatever? I would prefer that they did not. And if that's all they have, then perhaps the church needs to step up and offer to buy them some clothes and with love not as a mocking and looking down like they did with the man who walked in in the church wearing chains and a big beard and the motorcycle outlaw-looking guy who at the end of the day was a police officer. Okay, so I I hope I've made that point clear. Uh, this is something that was brought up in a discussion uh, some time ago with me, and uh, some people were asking my thoughts, and I thought, you know what, we ought to put that out on the podcast. I think it's that's a good subject, something we really haven't talked about. And so, again, uh, if you have any questions, please go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com and submit them. Please put something in the subject line. We just get gobs and piles of spam that I don't have time to go through and read. And so say something uh, in the uh, subject line to grab my attention, uh, we do actually open the spam. It just it just takes forever. And so uh, we really want to hear from our listeners. We appreciate all of you. We continue to grow. The numbers just continue to go up and up. And uh, we get lots of good feedback and, and good comments. I know one of the comments was about the music, uh, our introduction. 
and exit. It sounds like we're going to war. Well, Christians, we're at war. Okay, we are at war or battle against evil, and we need to stand up, put the full armor of God on, and be ready to go do battle for the Lord. Again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I certainly appreciate all that has hung out to the very end. We're a little longer than normal, so thank you. I certainly hope that uh, Christ has been glorified through the podcast today as well as you being edified. Please hit that like button and be sure to follow us. It really helps our rankings with your podcasting app. Next week, we will be returned, Lord willing, and please pray for us. Again, thank you for listening, and may God bless you.